It was a beatdown of the Badgers. We recap with Biz and Stat Boy returns. Plus, can this Iowa team keep winning? Is it sustainable with this offense? We break it down today. Locked on Hawkeyes. You are Locked on Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome in. I'm Trent Condon. That's Biz, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day available wherever you get your podcast you can also find us on youtube while you're there hit that subscribe button helps us get in front of more hawkeye fans today's episode is brought to you by jace medical empower yourself when you purchase a jace case providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections get yours today at jacemedical.com that's j a s e medical.com i am joined by jace C.E. What's up, Biz? Not much. How about those Hawks, Trent? Oh. You know, we, we pretty much diagrammed uh, the win to a T last week. We, I said they had to follow the, the 2015 script if they're going to win, and man, did they did they do that. Uh, you know, as an Iowa fan, uh, you, you have to take the good with the bad, but man, when, when uh, there's nothing better than go, going into Wisconsin and uh, beating the Badgers at their own game. And, and that's exactly what we did. Fun win. Really was. And that was my takeaway. You understood my frustrations during parts of the game, especially early on. And it's something that you and I have both complained about a ton. Opening script, usually pretty good. But then there's times getting too tricky, getting away from the run game. And with the success that they had in the first drive to go away from it, I just didn't understand it. What they do right after I complain about it, they went right back to the ground game, bust off an 82-yarder, and that proved to be the difference as six were only put up by Wisconsin. I just love, though, as the game was going on, seeing the way that this team was playing, is it going to be pretty? No. Are there going to be things to complain about? Yes. But let's stay positive here and enjoy the moment because we're not going to get very much of this very more likely going forward in the new Big Ten. Yeah, well, and you and I, anybody that's paid attention to us over over the years, which if you have, good for you for, for, for being <laughs> along that long. But uh, yeah, you know, you and I have consistently been very critical of the offensive line. And even before, I mean, now it's easy to do that. But even back when we were playing well, the offensive line just hasn't been good. And the last two weeks, the offensive line has been great. And you got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, there's a ton of you know, there's a ton of guys that stepped up and the obvious ones, you know, are Castro, Tory Taylor, Sean Williams all played great. But to me, the real MVP of that game is the offensive line. I mean, it just from right from the beginning, we came out opening drive, didn't score, but, but smashed them right in the mouth. We, we just said, we're going to run the ball right at you. Mm-hmm. And they did. And they did it consistently. And was it always pretty? No. But I mean, just the consistency of just keep pounding and pounding and pounding. And then finally they busted the big one. And then the fourth quarter, they just, Pushed them around again. I mean, we fourth quarter we we had the ball for ten minutes plus in the fourth quarter and, and did what we needed to do. So, and then add on top of that, uh, Mason Richmond truly saved the game by having the uh, you know I mean that it, it's easy to say, but if if Mason Richmond doesn't make that play, doesn't bat the ball away from their defensive line, we lose the game. I mean, yeah, all the momentum in the world was on them right there. It was seven to six. They kicked two straight field goals. 
they get that pick. They got the ball at the 20-yard line, 25-yard line. Instead, uh, Taylor unleashes a 60-yard punt. They fumble it. They recover it at the six, and the game is totally turned around. So credit to the O-line. We've been critical of them over the years, but, man, they were great on Saturday. And the thing that kind of gets you excited about that run game going forward, we've talked so much in the past about them doing different things, right? And we've seen that with the counter plays and going away from the outside zone. They'll still run an inside zone. It's a lot more counters, a lot more hat on hit, going with the ISO blocks and the plays up the gut. And it's it's worked well. But you mentioned Mason Richmond. He hasn't been healthy. And maybe he's working his way back. Connor Colby just about, what, sat out a game and almost another because of an injury. If those guys start to get healthy, certainly after this week with that bye week, just thinking what more this offensive line can be. And Rusty Feth, I know he doesn't grade out well at pro football focus, but he just goes in there and he's a road grader. He's a tough guy, and he adds a little bit of toughness. I, I think something that they need up front. Yeah, I mean, they were, you know, we talked about that. We always want to be the bullies of the Big Ten, and, and we talked about this last week. For the last decade plus, Wisconsin has clearly done that. And so, to me, it was funny to watch because clearly we were the bullies of that game. But on the flip side, what the hell was Wisconsin doing? I know. I, I just don't get it. That game plan was awful. 14 of the first 17 plays were passing plays, 50 passes total. I mean, I don't get it. I mean, the best thing that happened to Wisconsin, honestly, is their starting quarterback got hurt. Because mm-hmm. once they did that, then they started leaning on Braylon Allen a little bit. But before before Mordecai got hurt, they were just going to put put the game on his shoulders, and, and he was not ready for it. I mean, I, I just – I don't understand what their game plan was at all. We're a team that – teams have shown, Penn State, Purdue, Michigan State, all of them. I've had good success running the ball right at us. And Wisconsin should be the uh, the ultimate run the ball right at us. And, and they they did. When they ran the ball, I mean, Allen averaged five yards a carry. They just didn't stay consistent with it. I just – I kept waiting for them to be patient and just hammer out a 12-play, 65, 70-yard drive. They just refused to do it. So, you know, credit to us. Credit. I mean, we, we stuck with the game plan. I thought they – I'm not sure what their game plan was. Apparently it was – pass and pass some more on a 15 mile, you know, cold 15 degree wild power wind day. I mean, I, I don't get what they're doing. If I was a Wisconsin fan, I'd be absolutely furious about Saturday. Well, and uh, I've talked to a few Badger people in my life, a couple of family members and not exactly pleased with that one. They knew the transition was going to be difficult, but they were hopeful with this game, how bad Iowa looked that they were going to be able to get it done and, and kind of maybe use that momentum of a division championship in the last year of the West to catapult them going forward. I think they're, Still searching for answers. And the other side, defensively, that's another part. I understand Jim Leonard was not pleased that he didn't get the job, but losing him, him now down with Bielema at Illinois, I think that's one going to linger for a while too because they were just special on that side of the football with what they did in the 3-4. Well, especially against us. They, they had our number. But, you know, to me, the big takeaway from Saturday, Trent, as an Iowa fan is be careful what you wish for. I mean, I know we want this – fancy different offense or whatever. But, uh, you know, as you know, I watched this game in a bar in Boise, Idaho, and the two big screens in front of me was Iowa, Wisconsin, and Oregon, Washington. And it's like watching two different sports. I mean, but but Oregon and Washington and USC and UCLA all are going to bring in a spreaded out aggressive offense. And Washington, or Wisconsin is now trying to do exactly what they're doing. And to me, it's as simple as if you're in Iowa or Wisconsin or Minnesota, you got to look in the mirror and be like, what's our better chance to be successful in the new big 10 is is the better chance to be 
try to outdo those teams and what they already do or punch them in the mouth mm-hmm. and be the more physical team. And, you know, I'm not – in Wisconsin, I like Luke Fickle. I think Wisconsin will be successful. But I, I really question their strategy of let's try to do the same thing Oregon and Washington and, and those teams are doing and, and do it better because I don't you – know, they're pretty darn good at what they're doing out there. Right. And uh, to me, you don't have to look any farther than the Notre Dame-USC game to see – I mean, USC is not ready for the physicality of, mm-hmm. of, of the Big Ten right now. And I'm not sure Oregon or, or Washington is either. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to beat those teams consistently, but I think we have a better chance at beating those four teams by being more physical yeah. than to try to beat them at their own game. And that's what you saw on, on Saturday is we were definitely the more physical team. And, I mean, obviously we've got to get a lot better in a lot different ways to be competing against any of those teams next year. But – I don't think we need to make wholesale changes. We don't need to bring in the air raid. We don't need to do anything else. I mean, it, that showed on Saturday when we get the offensive line going and, and we're a physical team, that, that to me is our best chance of being successful in the new Big Ten. Well said. We continue on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. It is the return of Stat Boy. Biz put him to work with a couple of uh, nuggets for us coming up <laughs> this week. We will get into that. Plus, our picks presented by FanDuel. We'll do that as we continue here in a moment. Today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by Jace Medical. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's important to be prepared. Here in the state of Iowa, we certainly know about that. Eastern Iowa dealt with the derecho a couple of years back, tornadoes, all kinds of things that can happen. And it can lead to supply chain shortages for medications or the inability to get medications in a timely manner. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Medical now offers customizable, with your Jace case, the customization is incredible. Dozens of add-on medications for you, depending on what is happening for you, and your family. Jace is continually working to expand their medication offerings. In those recent efforts, they have added a bunch of different things that are going to help you out and give you the ability in case of an emergency. How about this? Right now, you can buy a gift card for your family or loved ones so they can get a Jace case of their own. Go to jacemedical.com and enter code LOCKDOWN at checkout for $20 discount. That's a $20 discount on your order with the promo code locked on with Jace Medical. Locked on is the promo code jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. Today's podcast also brought to you by FanDuel and the FanDuel Sportsbook. Time to snack into, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. So much going on on the app. Of course, the point spreads. You look at this week with the Iowa-Minnesota game, the Hawkeyes favored by three and a half. You can play that total. That is now ticked down to 31 and a half. Also on FanDuel, they got player props, over-unders, all kinds of things that you can jump aboard the future market, including... Well, I will win the Big Ten West. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
Trenton Biz back with you again on Locked On Hawkeyes. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. All right, Biz. So you put Stat Boy to work for people maybe new to the show, don't know Stat Boy. Stat Boy is uh, another guy of our tailgate group, another guy from Osage that is, uh, we'll say, I don't want to say deeply analytical, but he loves numbers. He likes legal pads. He likes writing things down. And he basically does all of our fantasy and our pools that we do because he likes that stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, basically, for people that don't know, I mean, he's basically, if you watch any of the Saturday morning shows, he's basically our uh, our bear or our, our Stanford Steve. I mean, yeah. he's he's the brains behind the operation. So when we need to actually, you know, you and I can just jabber away, but when we need actual info and actual stats to back up stuff, you got to turn to Stat Boys. So um, big win, figure it deserves a big uh, big celebration. So I gave Stat Boy two questions, and, and as always, he, he took two simple questions and uh, – you know, brought him into 20 minutes worth of info. So we'll start with part one, Trent. Simple question to him. Our last two wins, how many completions have we had each game? Oh, uh, what was it? Six last week and six in both of them? Yeah, six in both of them. So I asked him, you know, basically how common is that for us to have less than 10 completions in a game in the Kirk era? And when it happens, how successful are we? So you ready for some, some mind-blowing info here, Trent? So the simple question for you. What is Kirk Ferentz's winning percentage when Iowa teams complete less than 10 passes? Less than 10 passes. Now, I would guess for across the country, this would be something probably in the 15 to 20% range outside of service academies. But for Kirk, we'll say he's 500. Now, you're way off. 78%. 78% (laughs) of the time when we uh, complete nine or less passes, we win the game. Hmm. 18-5 and record over the years. And you might think, well, that's probably because some of those are some bad, you know, bad early season games against Kent State or Tennessee Tech or something like that. Nope. All 18 of them are against Power 5 opponents. And actually, when you go through the list, uh, a lot of them are against some uh, pretty darn memorable games and some of some of our better wins over the years. So let's uh, let's dig into those 18 wins, Trent. Uh, the first one's happened in one of the more memorable seasons in uh, Iowa history. 2002, we mm-hmm. get two wins that year, one being a 44-16 to 16 win versus Michigan State. Yeah. And then the second one, one of the most memorable wins that Iowa remembers ever, the Ferentz era, 45-21 against the Gophers, where not only do we win, but what do we do uh, afterwards? We tear down the goalposts, and me and Ricks and Little Ricks and maybe Rusted were the first people on the field after that one as we were sitting in the front row. Appropriate for this week, Trent, with playing the Gophers. Those are the first two of the 18 wins with 10 to last completions. Uh, Brad Banks only had eight completions that day. We uh, ran it all over him. So next year, 2003, another very good Iowa team. Two huge road victories at Wisconsin, at mm-hmm. Iowa State. The Iowa State game was the year we finally uh, broke the streak after we lost, what, four or five in a row to them. So, uh, again, games we just ran down people's throat. And then uh, The Wisconsin you know, game, Stat Boy and I were at that Wisconsin game in 2003. So uh, that was another one where we're down early and uh, just mm-hmm. ran it down their throats in the second half. So uh, we won't go through all 18. We'll hit the high notes. But 2018, okay. another uh, really good team, the Sean Green team, two wins, Purdue 22 to 17, and the Clones 17 to 5, the uh, Andy, Andy Brodell game. So uh, that was the year, if you remember early, early that year, it was the battle between Stanzi and Christensen. Yeah. And, uh, it was rough. ugly, ugly passing early in that year before Stanzi finally took over. So um, jumping ahead, 2013 and 2015, 
two different road wins at Nebraska. We uh, pull off road wins with less than 10. 2016, we go to Illinois and win, and the 14-13 miracle against Michigan with the, the kick at the buzzer, less than 10 uh, completions. Wow. And then the last one before the two in a row is important because we circle back to the Gophers, Trent. 2020 at Minnesota, the uh, leave the timeouts, take the pig game. Where we, uh, we, <laughs> no. we won 35-7, to but it should have been 35 nothing if it wouldn't have been for your boy uh, P.J. Fleck burning his timeouts at the end. So. That was a fun one. Yeah, so, so, so some legit great wins over the years. <laughs> Uh, the, the flip side of it, Trent, we, we'll talk quickly about the five losses because, okay. boy, when we've uh, when we've lost, they have been bad losses. So uh, the five losses, 1999, the Nick Saban uh, Plaquette oh, yeah. uh 49-3 game. That, that was game, a long day at the Vine day that day. That game could have been 100-3 if uh, Nick Saban wasn't uh, kind to us that day. Uh, but then the other four, 2004, the uh, disaster in the desert against Arizona State. 2010 bowl game versus Florida, we lose 30 to three. 2017, the uh, debacle in, in Wisconsin, where we lose 38 14, and the only two scores were what? Joshua Jackson pick sixes. Yep. And then just four weeks ago, Penn State 31 nothing. So, so yeah, when, when it goes bad, it goes really <laughs> bad. But for the most part, when we uh, complete 10 passes or less, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It usually means we've, uh, we, we found a way to put some points on the board by, by dominating the running game. And that, that was the case on Saturday. So 78% of the time, pretty amazing. If that's not your most uh, Iowa stat of all time, I don't know what is. Thank you to stat boy for that. We'll be tweeting that one out here a little bit later on. That is unthinkable. It really is unthinkable to have that kind of record. What is it? 10 or less or less than 10? Uh, less than 10. So nine, less nine or less. So nine, yeah, or less. nine completions or less. Single digit. And the easy thing is, most of those games, these weren't 10 to 6, 7 games. We put up a yeah. lot of points in some of these games. We put up 40 plus in like four or five of these games. So, uh, you know, when things are clicking and we have a dominant offensive line, uh, that's when Iowa football is at its best. And I, I'm not even remotely close to saying we have a dominant offensive line right now. Yeah. But we'll talk about this a little bit later. But if we have any chance, of going five and zero down the road, We've, it's got to be on the shoulders of our offensive line. They've got to play like they have the last two weeks, and they've got to uh, they've got to continue to uh, take those steps forward that we've seen those last two weeks. All right, so number one down, and that was an incredible one. But Stat Boy wasn't done. You put him to work again. Yeah, number two, I asked him a simple question, Trent. To me, this year is starting to become. You and I are both Seinfeld fans, and uh, it's starting to become the uh, Bizarro two thousand four year. Yeah. Um, I remember 2004 was the year of the, the, the airbag, which uh, remember what it stood for? Angry Iowa running back hating God. Yep. So I saw somebody tweeted out that this year is, uh, the acronym is A-I-T-E-H-G, which would be angry Iowa tight end hating God. There's really no, it doesn't roll off the tongue like airbag, no. but whatever it is, A-T-E-H-G. Uh, but I, I put stat boy, asked him to go in the time machine and find me some info on 2004. And there, there's a couple really good, uh, things uh, again for those that don't pay attention to Iowa football the way that you and I do 2004 was an insane year because we won the big 10 mm-hmm. but we were awful a month into that season I was at the disaster in the desert where we got absolutely destroyed and I was at the, the game follow-up game at Ohio State where we got absolutely destroyed as well 
The Michigan game, right? Michigan, sorry, Michigan yeah. game where we got absolutely yep. destroyed. And Drew, Drew Tate lost his helmet, his helmet and spiked it. And, uh, yeah. yeah, we were two and two at that point. Drew Tate was a brand new quarterback, and I think people were ready to question whether uh, we would even make whether we win the game that year. Was that bad? was it? Eric McCollum was he the backup at the time, the South Carolina kid? Yep, yeah, because he came in a little bit in that game, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he was. The reason I know that is because the the rushing statistics. He he was on there today, so I saw that. Nice. But, uh, the, the big story about that season is we found a way, and mm-hmm. that's what we're doing here. But the, we found a way the completely opposite of what we're doing now. That team couldn't run the ball at all. And the stats are amazing. If you haven't seen it in a while, um, we averaged 72 yards a game rushing that year. We averaged less than two yards per carry. Ooh. And our leading rusher that year was? Sam Brownlee. Can you guess how many yards Sam Brownlee had that year? As our leading rusher for the season. 212. You're close. 227. 227. For the year. Um, obviously, this year, like I said, bizarro, bizarro 2004. We can't pass the ball at all. We're, we're setting records on the passing side. But uh, the big story, the big parallel between the two is the injuries. Can you name, there were uh, six different running backs that got injured that year. Can you name at least four of the six? Uh, Jermel Lewis who I was expecting a big breakout, Albert Young. Yep, Young Young was the initial starter, ACL. Jamel uh-huh. Lewis comes in, ACL. ACL. There's two. Uh, Damian Sims. The, the funny thing is Damian Sims was on that roster. He didn't get hurt. He was a true freshman, and he okay. weighed like 150 pounds. So he right. played a little bit, but he was uh, right. he was not – they didn't they trust him. 150-pound kid healthy. Yeah, exactly. So, But, yes, he was on the roster. He did not get hurt. He was he the one that stayed healthy him. along with Sam Brownlee. Well, I remember the fullback was Aaron Mickens, and we were at the game at Illinois that year. He had to get carted off. Concussion. Was, yep. Yeah. He, got, he was. He got, uh, knocked, he got knocked out. So that's three. All right. Uh, Mickens, uh, Tom Bush. He was another fullback on the team. Yeah, he was the backup. It was the backup fullback, but he played a little bit. Um. Oh, uh, the kid that uh, Simmons, Marcus Simmons, Marquis yeah, Simmons. Marcus Simmons had an ankle injury that kept him out for a while. He also stat by with the gem here. He also almost got suspended because he got arrested during the year. Do you remember what the arrest was for? Uh, drunk at his moped. Uh, great guess. Moped flag violation. Oh, okay. Close. Did not have a flag on his moped. Got me for that back in 1994. Yeah, but he had an ankle. The other two Trent, were Marcus Schnur and Champ Davis also with ACLs. Oh, Four running backs with ACL tears that year. So you had Young, Jamel Lewis, Schnur, Champ Davis, Mickens concussed and out for a few weeks, and Simmons out and concussed for multiple weeks. So it was uh, basically the Sam Brownlee show. The other uh, fun fact that Statboy found on the injuries, we also had a defensive lineman that year that tore his ACL, Itori Ewan. Oh, yeah. Better known as? Big E. Big E. The old uh, Big E Langston. So uh, he tore his ACL that year as well. He, he, He joined the crew. But, yeah, so crazy amount of uh, injuries that year, just like we're seeing this year with Caden and the tight ends, obviously all three tight ends. Uh, the stat boy info going into the Gophers this week, we beat the Gophers that year late in the year, 29 to seven. What a guess what the rushing yardage was in that game. 50. 29, sorry, 29 to 27 was the score. Oh, okay. guess the yardage of both teams. Their rushing yardage. Our rushing yardage. Well, that was when they had, I think, both Maroney and Barber. Yeah, they had so, the double-headed monster like of those two. 300 and some? 337 for them. 337, okay. We had six. Six! 337 to six. 
and we found a way to win the game. So it uh, feels pretty similar to Saturday with 37 yards passing and you find a way to win the game. So. And I believe that was the game that Greenway had the tackle for loss and made their field goal a little bit longer. Yep. That would have been it, uh, beat us. And we did the hokey pokey in the Metrodome on our way out after pulling out that victory. Yeah. So a lot of, uh, a lot of similarities between that, that bizarro 2004 team and, and this 2023 team. But of course the 2004 team found a way to get all the way to a big 10 title. Mm-hmm. We're, uh, we're a long ways from that right now, but that, 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 uh, your, your stat boy info on, on the 2014, it's fun to go back and realize, you know, you can get mad at this coaching staff, but uh, mm-hmm. somehow, some way they found a way, Trent. They found a way in 2004 when they had no running backs. And so far, you know, knock on wood, so far they found a way when they have no passing game whatsoever. So uh, can it continue? We'll see. Improbable. And that would certainly also be this season if they can pull it off and even – you know, get to Indianapolis. I know they're the front runner now, but there is all five of these games are winnable. They'll be favored in most everyone, if not everyone, but there's also the other side of the equation. Well, speaking of that, we got to make our picks here presented by FanDuel as we wrap things up, taking you up and around here around college football. Biz, you had tech last week. Did you get a cover on that one? I did not. And I'm really angry at myself, Trent, because if it wouldn't have been early in the week, my, my lock of the year was I, Later was I I loved Notre Dame to destroy USC and they did. So I I would have had that, but this darn early in the week stuff gets me frazzled. So no, my my uh, my run is over. I think I had five in a row. Well, we will try to get back on the right side of things as we continue on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors... You're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible to items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Trenton Biz back with you one final time on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. All right, Biz, we have simplified things this year with our picks. We're just making our best bet and then taking a look at the point spread for the Iowa game. Honors are still yours because though I got a win with the Scarlet Knights, they didn't cover. They had to come roaring back just to uh, get the win in that one against Michigan State. Set themselves up for a potential bowl eligibility against Indiana this week. But we move on. Losers last week. What do you got for us this week? Now let's get back on back on the train, back on the winning express this week, Trent. Give me uh, Give me the Navy midshipmen. They're playing, playing Air Force. Uh, anytime you get the service academies, you can always assume a, a, a low-scoring battle between the two. Um, Air Force is, is a juggernaut right now, but uh, they got to go across the nation to, to uh, face a team that's certainly going to know how to defend the uh, the triple option. And Navy's getting 10 and a half. So uh, give me Navy 10 and a half against Air Force. We have the same pick. Dude, really? I, I swear to everything, Holy. Oh, yes, boy. this there was. Everything I made, kiss of death. Yes, I made two plays. I think uh, 
I think it was Sunday afternoon when the opening lines came out. And that was one of the two that I had. I love it. It's everything that you said. Two service academies, grind it out game. You're getting 11 and a half. I know Air Force is good. I know Navy's got, but we've seen this happen in, in service academy games too often. Yeah, that's the kiss of death right there because I love, love Navy in this spot. So a fetus, if you will, let's get into the Iowa game. That thing's down to three and a half and the total continues to plummet. It'll be a national punching line. 31 and a half is currently the number at FanDuel. With an over-under like that, it's just, it's befuddling yet. I wouldn't take any money and throw it on the over. No, I, I would, you know, at this point with Iowa football, you can never feel confident betting the over in any game. I mean, there was one point in the middle of the, I think middle late second quarter, I remember I texted one of the guys in our text group and just asked, what, what is the in-game over, over-under right now? And it was down to 21 and a half in the first half of the football game. That's uh, that's hard to do, and uh, you know it's and even at that point, when they count, you know, you're confident about betting the over. So anybody that bets the over in Iowa football uh, is is a glutton for punishment. They're just they're just crossing their fingers and hoping for a couple mm-hmm. defensive touchdowns. So, um, but no, I I don't know this game. It kind of feels like last year. I said I don't have any I don't have any confidence right now that Iowa's going to go into any game and. Mm-hmm. And beat anybody by more than three and a half right now. But I also think, you know, Minnesota's not pretty good. I mean, no, but we've got so many injuries right now. I don't think you can, with any confidence go into the game and say, oh, Iowa's going to win this for sure. So I do worry this week has a little bit of a feel to that Purdue game two years ago mm-hmm. after the uh, the big Penn State win. We're coming off a high, um, you know, just everything went our way. And then the next week we got exposed. Uh, fortunately, the difference is we got exposed by Jeff Brom, who, uh, mm-hmm was the king of exposing Iowa football. I'm not sure PJ Fleck has figured out how to expose us yet. And, and I don't think they have the talent to expose us either. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't feel confident one way or the other in this game. I guess if, again, like last week, you had to force me to bet it. I'd take the points. I mean, yeah. I think it's going to be a close game. And if you're going to give me more than a field goal, I guess I'd, I'll take the team that's getting three and a half. Yeah. Our thought process is exactly the same. I had my notes this week about the 2021 game against Purdue. We're uh, we're kind of up in each other's head. This is a little scary. Yeah. I, I don't like the way this is going. Let's try to stay away from each other betting wise this weekend, okay? Because I mean, it will not me, go well. I mean, to me, if you get through this game mm-hmm. with the really, bye, you can really start thinking, hey, this team might make it to the Big Ten title game. Right? You got to get through this one because you get through this one, you get the bye week. You hopefully get Noah Shannon back. You hopefully get a few other people healthy, and, and then you basically have a three group game stretch where you get the worst team in the Big Ten and two home games against two mediocre teams. So, I mean, and the fact of the matter is we've got a, we've got a one game window right now where you, know, you win the next four, you're in. I mean, you, you're, we're, 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 uh, we've got a little window right now, but I, you got to win this one first. I mean, it's, I, I don't have a lot of confidence that we're going to win it, but I also, like I said, I don't feel confident that Minnesota's, a, you know, we've got PJ flex number. And we talk about it all the time. The teams that, the teams that Kirk hate, they come up ready to play. And for whatever reason, he never found a reason to hate Jeff Brown. But he, he, <laughs> right. despises, he despises Phil Fleck. And so that, that'll be a good thing for Saturday. Good way to put a cap on things. Thanks as always, Biz. Good talking with you. And we are on the same side this week for our FanDuel pick of the week, both on Navy grabbing the points against Air Force. We would both grab the points also with the Gophers against the Hawks. We'll be back with you later in the week. LaShawn Daniels is going to stop by. Former Hawkeye running back will talk about that improvement of the run game and what he has seen from that. Make our predictions as well. All coming up here 
on Locked On Hawkeyes. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every day. Biz, appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. Go Hawks.